the Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark, and this is the Tea Health Show. Um, in studio today, I have um, two of my team members from a teen clinic, um, Sister Elise and Stacy, our morning. gut coach. Morning, girls. Morning. Um, Piwe, <laughs> good morning. Um, you look beautiful in light blue, so you I think do, we are actually. all matchy-matchy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> Oh, darling, if your mind is as cuckoo as mine, so be careful, Lisa. Yeah. Elise and I were talking a couple of days ago um, about a phenomenon that we that we see in our practice, and Stacey, I think you see this as well. And this is uh, an issue with compliance um, to medication um, or treatment, oh, yeah. or treatment. Yeah. Yeah. There's a difference between compliance and adherence. And I went and I, I started reading up on this. And to my astonishment, there are thousands and thousands of articles that have been published on this. All of them are pointing to the fact that there are many, many different factors that affect compliance. And to name a few, a side effect profile of medication, a big one, cost. Mm. But the one that for me stood out was a lack of what in all the studies are referred to as health Literacy. In other words, mm. educating the patient. Mm. And I immediately realized that it's the onus falls on doctors, pharmacists, health caregivers, primary caregivers to educate people. Yeah. And you know what? Not to blow the trumpet of, of our clinic, but this is exactly what we do. That's why we have uh, a double consultation. Um, the first part of a consultation is there to understand what you are dealing with. And then a full half an hour consult mm. is there to explain to you the next time that you come in mm. exactly what is wrong with you. How it's translating to your symptoms, um, what your biochemistry means, mm. what are the lifestyle factors that's affecting it, what are the different treatment protocols, and then we discuss what would be the best one for you. And last night I was sitting and I called Elise and uh, I said to her, Elise, but we're going to discuss a topic today for which we do not have an answer. I mm. don't know <laughs> how uh, to make it better for the man in the street, the person who's listening to this podcast. I don't, I couldn't find any answer in any literature as to how do we make you guys more compliant. And Sampiri, I want to start with you. I how? think podcast listeners are the challenge. 
I mean, that's where Sim can answer. If you're listening to this, this podcast, I think you're already starting your education process. So it's how do we cast that net even wider? Sim, because you've been sitting here and getting all these nuggets of information. Yes. Um, and if you weren't here, what would have intrigued you enough for you to listen to our podcast in order to empower your health? Ooh, I think it would start off by like targeting something that I'm just naturally interested mm. in. Um, most of the time you'll hear someone be like, oh, today I woke up with a back pain. And they don't take that seriously. They're just yeah. like, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then like three days later, they're like, ah, oh, it's gotten a bit worse or it's gotten a bit better. And then a week later, that's only when they want to see their doctor mm. or they actually want to do something about it. And I think that's how a lot of people are. They they wait before they do anything to see medical mm. Um, help or assistance And I think that's where we need to kind of change that to why, say, no. why do you think they wait? Uh, a lot of people think You know, it's, I know my body You know, mm. it's, it's it's nothing Ah, just, uh, it's, it's stress But oh. if you dig deeper than that <laughs> But do you really know your body? Because I've learned, you know Go for Mark, his hand is waving <laughs> in the air Like a naughty child yeah, Look like a <laughs> So, uh, you know what, Simpiwa, I want to ask you this question then. Okay, so now you've gone to, you go to your doctor and he's given you medication. What then? You take it and then you move on with your life. (laughs) Okay. That's what usually happens. You get there, you're like, take this pain away. And then it's solely on the doctor. Like, I think that's the issue is that I come to you. For you to help me in this problem But it's your problem now It's, it's a, not my problem yeah, anymore it's a, You I give agree. me the meds, you diagnose me You figure it out You, 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 you. So yeah. this now brings us and I'm, I'm glad that you went there <laughs> This brings us to um, The difference between being compliant And adhering to And yeah. adhering to medication Do you want to venture um, the difference between the two <laughs> Let's see if I know English Because <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know In the medical term <laughs> Given that you speak multiple languages If you don't get it right babe No one is holding it against So I'm actually, I'm actually going to make this easier for you Because in the medical fraternity Adherence to medication And compliance are often Used interchangeably Yeah yeah. But, okay. there's, but there's a, there's a very big difference mm. between the two. So do you want to venture what the difference is? I'll mm. start with adhering. Um, no. I think with adhering is just following the rules that are there, right? So if your doctor says three times a week, take XYZ, that's what I, I adhere to those rules. Three okay. times a week, yeah. before meals, after meals, that's in my head, that's what adhering is. Um, now to take uh, compliance. <laughs> Don't you feel like you're in a spelling bee contest or something? Uh, definition B. <laughs> Origin of the word. Uh, but I would say with compliance, I think that's more of the doctor side. So in terms of what they put in, they have to maybe they oh. also have um, certain rules that they have to follow. So they have to disclose um, ingredients. They need to disclose um, the side effects. They need to disclose all of that. Yeah. To the patient and whatnot, so it's kind of like complying to the medical. So one is with 
consent and information and the other one is doing it blindly almost no, not blindly but like you kind of tell somebody else and then you i follow so okay, you, okay. you 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 lead um and then i follow you and i just follow you smiling you because <laughs> <laughs> and i'm hoping that wherever you're leading me is the right path because you've learned about the path contestant number one <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's not. I thought it was quite an interesting um, take but, on it. Yeah, actually. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. actually you actually have <laughs> compliance. Okay. You thought is adherence. So when I comply to medication, if a doctor gives me medication, take this once a day for the next five days, like taking an antibiotic, and you take it once a day for five, you are compliant with medication. Okay. Now we start getting a little bit more interesting. Things get a lot more interesting and a hell of a lot more involved. Adherence is you as the patient buy into not only the treatment but the lifestyle, the changes and, and this for me is incredibly important, you are part of a decision-making process yes. by being adherent. So the onus mm. does not fall on the doctor. Mm. So at least before I'm going to ask you in your reading what you found, I had a very interesting conversation. Can I just say, remember Tim Allen's um, TV series where his neighbor <laughs> yes. looks over the fence all yes. the time. He can't see his face. Well, that's the picture I have of you this morning. <laughs> With the microphone <laughs> bar in front of my face. <laughs> Shall I sit like this? Is that adherence or compliance? <laughs> um, so we'll make Stacey's bar higher. Order. <laughs> so um, there we go. Thanks. Pleasure. I, I had um, a, a very, very interesting conversation with one of my colleagues. Mm. Um, and I'm actually going to name her. It's Dr. Uh, Nicole Canaris. She's a very good friend of mine. Stacey, yes. you know Nicole yeah, as we well. we love Nicole. Um, and I asked her this exact same question. I said to her, Nicole, I'm grappling um, with a podcast that I'm, I'm doing tomorrow, and it's about compliance and adherence. Um, my problem is that it's all about education, but yes, we can educate the patients as doctors. Mm. But then we have factors like medical aid, mm. um, the lack of medical aid. Mm. Then we have factors like poverty, literacy, mm. cultural, age. Um, mm. age. age and definitely. you know what? Over that, um, I have, I have no control. How do I, how do I bring the message over to the, the listener? How do I make the listener realize, um, that they are complicit in, in being compliant? And how do I make mm. it easier and better for them? Um, you know, everything is brought towards medication. And she said to me, Mark, as a doctor, you can only do so much. And I listened to her and I realized that it's right and I immediately become despondent and said, fuck, this is not enough. You know what the thing is, as a patient and someone now that's dealing with more and more clients, if I go back to when I was a patient, I think there is 
a huge lack of empowering of information for patients in terms of just the jargon, the language, the things that your doctor will want from you. So I'm a detailed orientated person. Thank goodness when I sit in front of you, if you ask me about X, I'm going to give you X point one, point two, point three, point four. Many people won't even give you the full answer. Yes, because it's about we've, literacy. Yes, we've never been trained. Yeah. The, on the one part, I had to deal with so many doctors that I think now I understand having worked with more practitioners have become jaded. They see their patients for 10 minutes max. They're not like what we do at the T clinic. They're tired. They need to just deal with symptoms, resolve symptoms. That's it, right? An integrative model is very different to a normal allopathic model. Yeah. So eventually that doctor gets into a groove of not really asking you, not really treating you like a person. And then what is reciprocated from the patient is, well, I've just got to get that information out in 10 minutes. So that's one box to put things in. Then I went on a journey of this doesn't feel good enough. I need someone to dig a bit deeper. I need someone to walk this journey with me. And through that, I started learning myself and researching. But the first hurdle that many people like me would face is, oh, don't consult Dr. Google. Oh, why are you doing your own research? Um, I know more. Do you think my degree of seven plus years um, is not doesn't suffice compared to Dr. Google? I'm not going to Dr. Google because I want to. I'm going to Dr. Google because you could only give me 10 minutes. You could only give me 15 minutes. And I'm still not resolving my symptoms. So when I finally eventually got in, in front of an integrative practitioner who gave me an hour, my mind was blown. Because for the first time, in fact, I think a, a measurable level of healing occurs just by having someone listen. To yes. you. Oh, Elise, uh, that's we, where we you see come in. That. Yes, absolutely, and not not treating you as if. And the other uh, um, thing that I feel works as well is yeah. they have that hour, yeah, at first consultation, half an hour with Doctor Mark and half an hour with, with me, you. and then they can go away. Yes, think about it. Yeah. Sort it out in their own minds and come back with more questions yeah. on the second consultation. Yeah. And I'm not saying we are the hoo-ha of the world. Mm. I'm just saying that is what patients need. Because well, yeah. when I yeah. go to a doctor, it's like you say, they give you medicate, they ask you what's wrong with mm. you. Not who you so, are, not no, what your stress levels are, what's no. going on in your life, you know what I mean? Take your blood pressure, yeah. check your temperature, your pulse. Yeah. Okay, now this is what I'm going to yeah. describe for you. So, I want to ask the people that are listening mm. to this podcast at the moment. I never do this, but you know what? I, I'm actually uh, going to request audience participation. Um, the, the people that this is, the podcast is aimed to are not necessarily the people that are currently listening. Yes. So for the people that are listening, we need help from you, and I would love interaction. Mm. So I'm going to ask that if you want to uh, ask a question or if you have a comment on this, WhatsApp the following number, 64 212 8701 and Dante who um, deals with our marketing will forward them on to us so I'm going to give you the number again 064-212-8701 otherwise go to our Facebook page go to um, our website um, and if it's not today 
please send us your comments. Mm. Send us your questions. Because if we look at the different factors that are involved in non-adherence and non-compliance, it's vast. So, Elise, in your reading, you and I went through this extensively. What are the main things that that people are giving or what are the things that we find are the causes of non-adherence? Well, I think we've covered quite a bit of it and that is um, the literacy. Demographics is a big issue. In our first and third world country, um, access, mm. transport, mm. Um, money, yeah. the means to buy medication. Yeah. Um, other things that comes up is medical aids or medical insurance prescribing to you what you can have yes. and what you can't, can't have. have. And it's almost nonsensical very, it's, very it's often. Very yeah. Nonsensical. Um, I think that is a big thing that came out for me is that, um, 50% of people that need treatment doesn't adhere to their treatment wow. plan. Jeez, that's huge. It's huge, 50%. It's actually more. Okay. It's actually more. You know, as you're speaking, Elise, it's reminding me of um, a tweet that I was involved, a thread that I was involved in a few weeks ago. A doctor in the UK has now given up his license to practice. And he was saying that it was a very difficult decision for him. He worked predominantly in the NHS. And one of the things that he tried to table as a solution so that they could meet more needs was using nurse practitioners more fully within the model of healthcare. He said a lot of his patients, he believed that if just his nurse practitioners could prescribe things like certain pain medications up to a certain threshold or there was more responsibility given to the nurses – well, these nurse practitioners, I don't know what the difference would be in South Africa for, you know, in terms of designation, but he was saying the, the load of his shoulders would have been somewhat decreased given that it's NHS, but what it would have done, it, it would have allowed him to see the cases that he needed to see. Yeah. And then his nurses could have a follow up with a, could have their follow up, um, layer being coaches. And then they would create this sort of trickle down system. Uh, so I actually find that brilliant. Very similar to what we're trying to do in the practice in yeah. that you flag the things that need to be flagged. You keep eyes on that patient. So it's not that the patient's going to fall through the cracks. If anything, they're getting a much higher level of service, but it frees up the time on the specialist to see those cases that he really has to see Elise, and he struggled um, with that Elise know. and Stace I'm going to ask you this um, I know that there are nurse practitioners in the States I don't know what it is locally yeah, what, if, yeah. we, if we have nurse practitioners here I know that we have clinical assistants and they've gone to med school for four years um, and sometimes they can work in a practice, but they're registered to the Health Professions Council. Okay. Um, and then we have primary health care uh, givers. Elise and these are our nurses that work often in rural areas mm. where, where they see, um, you know what, you for your hypertension, et cetera, et cetera, and they initiate medication. Um, 
Is is that basically the same? I know you guys can prescribe up to Schedule 4, which is usually... Schedule 3. 3. Not 4. Not 4. So you guys can't do the antibiotics. No. But what then is the difference between a primary caregiver? Because Mm. they sometimes give antibiotics. Mm. Or am I... Am I wrong? I, I can't comment on that because I haven't worked in that sphere. But what? Oh, I, you are right. You know what? The moment that something becomes an intravenous, etc., etc., whether it's a vitamin, um, yeah. you know, it becomes a schedule four, which you guys have to do under supervision of under a medical indirect pra- supervision. Okay. Yeah. If it's if it's prescribed physically on a paper uh, by a doctor, then we are allowed to. So, what do you think? Because another friend of mine who's now come back. To South Africa from the UK Also did this but very successfully She's a hand therapist And she worked with a specialist And to bring down his waiting list Of something crazy like six months She got an X amount of coaches And other therapists And they initiated this type of system So if some comes into the practice um, There'll be a rigorous testing um, Sort of rubric And it was obviously developed In collaboration with the entire team So then some's Various symptoms would be flagged Need for treatment would be flagged And then it would be Someone there would have the power To make the decision On the best course of action And that way His waiting time For the specialist Was reduced to something Like two weeks Yeah But locally She struggled to implement that Because Some Doctors felt they were losing out on a consultation fee But you don't get a consultation fee from someone that you don't see Because if someone is on your waiting list for six weeks You know, Mark The chances of that person staying and eventually seeing you in six weeks' time Or six mm-hmm. months' time, whatever the situation is How often does that happen? What It's, it's rare, right? They'll start yeah. going to somewhere so, else uh, yeah. Especially if the problem starts becoming mm-hmm. uh, more severe and more serious um, So how do we... Because that's technically what we, we are so doing Actually, yeah. I want to go a step back And I want to say There's five components that make up compliance So, uh, listeners, see whether how many of May these May I please just go back to that You asked me a question How would it um, influence a doctor's practice mm. what i've seen and Sorry, I'm, how would what influence a doctor's practice having a nurse practitioner there yeah. a, a registered nurse or whatever mm. what i've seen and, and this is not relevant to our practice but what i've seen because i can operate autonomously yeah mm. completely you completely. can you can you can have your own practice independent of mine yeah um but i think that the the relationship, etc., also makes a difference mm. for me. Even though I'm in your employment, I can, as a registered or, pro- or professional nurse, execute certain mm. treatments mm. without consulting you. What I found with um, my peers, my friends, my um, colleagues, is they get involved in a doctor's practice, and in the end, they don't practice their skills. They are being told to do admin duties, to do bookings for theater, to do stuff like that. That is not nursing 
mm. orientated. That's a bit mm. demotivating. And, yeah. and that is a, a problem, I think. In What a loss to the practice exactly. and then obviously a frustration for them. So that's just what I wanted oh, to bring. Oh, you get someone like Elise that does all of that. <laughs> she is a you superwoman. Know, I, 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 and <laughs> very often, I, you know what, uh, it comes out that I only work in my practice. <laughs> between, between Elise, Alice, um, you know what, um, I have no yeah, idea what's happening. All, all I do is I see I see patients and then I get told what to do. Yeah, no, it <laughs> so, works. Um, but I mean, it works. <laughs> I, I, I want to I want to now go on to those level the the, the five things that make compliance. up compliance. Number one, you are entering into a treatment. That's the first thing. Are you entering willingly, mm. or are you mm. doing this? Um, with resistance. So that's number one. Mm. Number two, and this is bloody important, and I think there's, there's so many of us that are guilty with this, and that's keeping appointments. Mm. So I ask you to come and see me again, mm. and, and you, you don't, don't come. Why? Yeah. Because you... I have a body, Dr. Mark. What do you mean? <laughs> you no, 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 no. But, but Steve, some point, the, yeah. the problem is the appointment is, is, is made and people don't pitch. Yeah. Now, let's ask why they don't pitch. That mentality, they start seeing we, a bit of the improvement. Okay. So, improvement? Improvement. Okay. Uh, I've taken the medication what? for two weeks. Uh, I feel better. Oh, um, I've Googled. Sorry, that's, no, I get it. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's okay. completely a double-edged so sword. You guys are missing for me it goes one back big to, thing. It goes right. I feel that it goes back into that loop again. Okay. Can I afford How it? How about I need it? Um, ineffectivity of medication? Yeah, that's or another. Ineffectivity yeah. of treatment. It didn't. Work. So I yeah. went to my doctor. He gave me medication. It didn't work. He asked me to come and see me again. I'm not going Screw back. That. Yeah. Okay. He just wants my money. <laughs> so le- uh, thank you. Let's get to the fourth one. Cost. Yeah. So, um, you know what? Uh, suddenly my medical aid has run out. Mm. All the medication was so expensive. Yep. Um, I'm not paying. I, I can't afford it. So, you know what? Uh, you don't go back. So, keeping appointments number two. Taking medication correctly. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of education to be done here. I mean, even I don't deal with medication per se unless I'm working with you. And even from a supplementation perspective, it's a minefield because one doctor will tell you, you know, don't take something with food. And the other doctor will tell you, take something with food. And then you Google. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so uh, number three carries on. And this is <laughs> this affects exactly what you do. And that is taking medication correctly. And performing the home-based therapies mm. as prescribed. Mm. So, you know, that's all still point number three. So, Stace, let's mm. talk about the work that you do on gut health. Mm. Okay, but can we go back to taking medication correctly? Well, yeah, yes. I was going to actually touch on that as yeah. well. To say okay, so okay, let's you, stop you, there you for now. There. Yeah, I you think what is an important factor is that one needs to understand your patient's con- um, uh, way of... 
at home. Yes, their disposition, who they are, how they think. Yeah. Yes. For instance, if a doctor tells me, you need to take your medication three times a day. Take it at six, take it at twelve, take it at six. Mm. I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Um, I will. <laughs> exactly. Because yes, because I can't. I forget. Yeah. I, yeah. I forget in the first place and yeah. take it no whole with meals. Yeah. You know. Uh, when we and don't I eat already. We eat don't regularly, eat. but like me constantly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which meal? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm trying to say is understand your patients. But um, you need time way. to understand your patients. So if you're only okay. seeing so them for this was what we what we have just said, okay? Mm. Brings me back to the dilemma that I had last night. Mm. My audience that I'm talking to mm. is not the patient. No. I agree. What we've just said yeah. is hey, colleagues. Um, you need to make it better for your patient, but my, our colleagues are not listening. Yes, mm-hmm. they are because I, I definitely think in order to try and find a solution to this highly complex challenge, there's patient education and there's practitioner education or expert education. Um, that's why I loved doing, you know, loved doing the podcasts and health shows because I did feel a certain responsibility to create better patients because some of us can be really shitty. We really can be. Yes. And yes, by virtue of the experiences that we've gone through, maybe we have tried, maybe we were a good patient once and we didn't know. And that doctor happened to be a crappy doctor, whatever the hospital treated us a certain way. I do get that. Um, so there is the onus is on us to make sure that we, and we develop these better patients. I have no idea how I would even start at developing better doctors because you guys are like unicorns, truth <laughs> be told. And listen, I'm 38 years old. My sister's 34. She's had severe epilepsy. The amount of doctors that we have seen with our Conditions between my mom's double cancer and my sister's epilepsy and my eczema, the amount of doctors that we have seen in this country, it's actually like it's staggering. And that's why I say you guys are unicorns because just to have someone look at you in your eyes when you sit in their rooms, you know, just to have someone smile at you. Yeah. You know, I know you, I know you're working long shifts and I know it's difficult for you, but it's also difficult for me. Yeah. And I'd rather be rich with problems than poor with problems. So <laughs> to also look at someone and understand that, that, that might be their last thousand rand, 500 rand, exactly. 750 rand that exactly. they have finally pulled out of who knows where to see you. I don't know. If enough practitioners appreciate that And I don't know where we would start on that education front But podcasts, shows, blogs That's definitely going to help educate the patient We just have to be, I think, a little bit more intentional On what you guys are looking for when someone walks in through the doors Should we ask our educator um, The public that You need to ask questions Yes do not yes. just blindly follow your doctor yep. because you're only compliant. Become adherent. Become involved in your treatment. And I've some been, are scared to. Eh? I've heard yeah, from people all that of us are scared, scared to. Yeah. What kind of questions? Because sometimes someone will think, okay, you prescribed medication and the first mm, question is what good is question this, right? okay yeah and then how often mm-hmm. and then what is it supposed to do those are the three questions i think a lot of people just automatically think of and they think that's enough 
So what else should I ask? What we found is that some patients, and I'm not saying everybody, fo- blindly follows a doctor's directions. Uh, we've seen it this week. Um, yes, I was. I was going to ask you to tell, um, to paint the picture of the patient that we've been seeing for the last four or five days. Yeah. We saw her three times now in five days. Yeah. Paint the picture, Elise. Okay, I'm, I was actually thinking of another patient that we've seen over a year now. But yeah, let me tell the story about this girl. She came to us presenting with, um, and, and thank God she thought about it because she, she's got psychological problems and her psychiatrist wanted to admit her immediately or within a week. To adjust her medication. Adjust now, her medication. Elise, when I, uh, you know what? I actually, I actually want to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, she presented to us because she was not feeling great. Her father had a nervous breakdown and was diagnosed with someone something that I've never heard before, and that's hyper religious. At, at first, she told us bipolar. That's it, relig- re- religiosity. He never had a. Yeah, but a, she told us he had bipolar. Okay, but, but it was never formally diagnosed. Uh, so, um, and then yeah, okay, okay. So it's not just first line issues. There's multiple um, issues there. This patient then was diagnosed um, with borderline borderline personality disorder by a psychiatrist that saw her for fifteen minutes. Oh no! It's so difficult to to diagnose. This patient, BID. this patient has previously been admitted to a hospital, um, and they did all forms of tests mm. and. Um, it's, this was not what the patient said. This is what the patient's mother said to me. Um, there was no evidence of any psychiatric illness. And because of a family history, they said, okay, uh, most probably it's borderline personality disorder. How do you so uh, hold on, hold on. Wow. This patient at the end of a consultation to us said, um, when I said to her, okay, fine, let's go and take your bloods, uh, come back next week, she said to me, no, that might be a problem because I'm being admitted to a psychiatric institution because my doctor wants to adjust my medication. Just like that. Just like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, uh, sorry, listeners, I, uh, what the uh, fuck? Yeah. Ha- yeah. What? Yeah. Um, this is a patient that, in my mind, is fully functional. Mm. Yes. She's depressed, Elise. Definitely depressed. But when we looked at her bloods, mm. the most common reason for her depression was the fact that she was on a contraceptive that put her into a chemical menopause. Sure. So mm-hmm. cognitive function, etc., etc., would have declined drastically, and that's what we see. This patient was sweating at night time, mm. um, she's put on weight, etc., mm. etc. Et mm. She had a diagnosis of PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian disease, which was never proven. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's, let's circle back. Well, you reminded this me... This patient accepted what her medical professional told her because that is what we do. So that's the the term for that. I always have to just double check it. Is iatrogenic, right? 
iatrogenic. Yeah. It's uh, it's of no origin. It's no. No, uh, no you're thinking of idio. Idiopathic. Sorry, I always get confused with the two as well. Iatrogenic, relating to illness caused by medical examination or treatment. Yes. When you look up the stats for iatrogenic conditions or diseases or states, it's actually quite scary. But. I want to ask the two of you a question because I don't think you can have this conversation in isolation of this particular topic. What made you become a nurse? The wrong person to ask. <laughs> okay, so sorry. So I wanted what? to be a nurse. I wanted to be a teacher. Okay, but that's a good thing. So, so you've why? always wanted to work with people. And you've always wanted to help. Yes. What made you become a doctor? I was... It's all you could study. <laughs> Uh, it in, involved Braille So I could do anatomy in Braille <laughs> That sold me it's The only problem is our cadavers were old so, And we couldn't It was frowned upon to do anatomy on your peers so, I would think so I would think so uh, It was Elisa's favorite subject so I don't know how she studied anatomy <laughs> no, You know what Stacey I was when I, when I, they asked me in, in, what's it, grade three, which is standard one back in our days. Yes. What I wanted to be, I said, I wanted to be a doctor. In standard two, grade four, when they asked me what I wanted to be, I said, I wanted to be a gynecologist. And you knew that in standard two? <laughs> I never knew what a gynae did. I knew a gynae worked with babies. and pre- Not babies. A gynae's worked with pregnant women. Did you feel that it was a calling? Did you feel that Absolutely. there was... Now, Desen Moodley and I were talking about this. Desen's also a, an integrative doctor. A Mark very knows, brilliant and He's amazing. And, and, you know, Desen and I were saying, talking about this topic, actually, and you were saying that he thinks... That we're getting too many doctors that are doctors because they got an A in maths and science and not a true desire to be patient-facing. Absolutely. They belong in an academic setting. They belong in a lab. It's not that they shouldn't be in the industry. We need their sharp minds, but… Why why I missed your initial question was because I just got something from Dante. Yeah. And Dante said one of the messages that came through is hold on, let me just read it again. Um we've been talking and experiencing general lack of personal interest mm. by the doctor to me as the patient. Sure. So, so is it something that, that you that you've experienced? I would say that it even stems and goes down to the nurses. Um, I think uh, as as a young black South African girl, mm. there's an issue with just how nurses handle mm. uh, different things. So if I walked in and I'm a teenager who's pregnant, you already know yeah. when you walk into that clinic. Or are you going to be treated? The nurses are giving you the stank eye yeah. and you're already like, I know I should yeah. have done this, but can we make this process a bit more comfortable? Yes. Yeah. And you don't get bearable. That. Yeah. Like at the very least. Yeah. And you don't know me and you don't know what my story is because they're already thinking, oh, you just opened your legs. Yes. And there's this judgment. So a lot of people are really Hesitant to even want to open up, or even, and and I think that's also why people don't want to go to the clinics or go to the the doctors because they really know that uh, it's fifteen minutes of hell. Like all I want is yeah. to get this medication, but it's gonna take looks, and people don't care. And you can tell when so someone's not interested. That's a major contributing factor, cultural. Mm. Um, uh, beliefs and cultural differences mm-hmm. As well as religious belief And up 
upbringing. You must know there's also a God complex around doctors, right? Well, actually, um, you don't think so? No. I think in South Africa, very uh, much so. When I spoke to Nicole, she said to me, to the patient, the doctor is God. Yeah. Um, and what we do, they need to follow. And I don't agree with that. I also don't agree. I think it should be a collaborative model that we're working Absolutely. together. And in other words, adherence, so my, not complicity. Yeah, so one of my compliance. sisters, um, neurologists, my parents, this is what the type of coaching I have to do with them. The, the neurologist charged them 2,000 rand for a consultation. Great. We understand it's a specialist skill. But saw them for 15 minutes and asked them more questions about my dad's research into CBD. Okay, so <laughs> I was like, well, next time you have a consultation, your work, your responsibility, because you have a responsibility as a patient, is to, before you go to that consult, a week before, a few days before, whatever the situation is, take a writing pad and write down all your questions between yes. each other, yes. the things that pop into your mind, the things you're not, you know, you, you don't know about, the things you're <laughs> concerned about. Am I taking Mark's notes? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do but that, it's right. and and between each other. So give yourself a good seven days to you know like a week, especially if it's something like a specialist consult, and discuss those questions and add on to those questions. And I'm telling you, if you've got you're paying for an hour. Take your hour, but be prepared for that hour because if you're not prepared for that hour, then he's going to get you out of there because if you're not prepared for the hour, he can see more people as well. And so that's what I forced them to do. It now wasn't, I want to flip it, wasn't it over received as well. very well, yeah. but at least they, it took them a while, but at least they feel, they felt more comfortable that they could get, extract some value out of that consult. Oh, absolutely. Elise, may I just quickly interject? My patient often asks me, you know what, Mark, why are you so happy <laughs> in the practice? Yes. Well, first of all, most, um, we've created an environment. Yes, simply. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like he literally is. But uh, you know what, I've created an environment in my practice yeah. that is filled with positive energy. Yeah. In the practice, the people that work in the practice are family to me. Mm. And you know what? I make no secret about it. Mm. We do not allow anyone into our family if they do not share our belief systems mm. and our values, values and are there for the patients. Number three, and this is the very, this is the biggest one for me. When you go to your doctor because you're sick, let's say that you have um, a stomach bug or you have bronchitis, you are feeling crap. Mm. And all you want from your doctor is to make you better. Mm. He gives you medication and you walk out. You do not go to him again until you feel bad Again, am I right? Correct. So in our practice, it's completely the opposite. Our patients, and this was what makes me happy and gives me energy at, at the end of the day that I bounce around that Stefan actually needs to try and drown me in the pool, is that my patients come back because they're feeling better. Yeah. And they bring that positivity back, back into, the practice. into my rooms. Yes. And you know what? That's, That's why... 
our rooms are such a happy place. People come in feeling bad the first time, but the second time that they yeah. come in, it's not because we're sick again, it's because we're starting to feel better. Yeah. And I think that makes a difference. Elise, sorry, I interjected. No problem. I want to say mm, what you, you had a converse, yes, yes. response. Yeah. So you, you teach your loved ones to go with questions written down. So we, as the primary caregivers mm. or prescribers or treatment plan coordinators or whatever yeah. have the same responsibility. Okay. It's very interesting to see on our medication there's a label to say take this once a day in the morning. Yeah. People are so overwhelmed with information. information. Yeah, you're right. They don't know what they must do. Yeah. So we take the time, sit down or stand with them, read what it is, yeah. what it is for again. Remember, yeah. it's now the second time. Yeah. Repetition, repetition, exactly. repetition. Yeah. And then on that label, we say, okay, let me write it in black pen for you. That's when you take this yeah. medication. Write it down for the patient. Yes. So in their yes. presence so that that's part of the adherence. And you're right, that repetition is so important because mm. very often they deal we're dealing with concepts and ideas and words Correct. and things that are very much new to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have 10 minutes to wrap up this very interesting conversation. Um, I asked Dante to try and find articles for us about how do we make this, how do we improve compliance? Mm. Um, most of it, what we found, as I said earlier, was was focused on improve health literacy. Mm. So, yes, us as doctors have to talk uh, to our patients, educate our patients. The pharmacists have to, mm. for the second or the third time, yeah. you know, when they dispense for medication, this is Elise, this is exactly what you just said. The pharmacist job is to explain to you how to take your medication. I lose my shit mm. completely when I prescribe medication to a patient in the form of an insulin pen or something like that. And the patient come back to me and say, but I don't know how to use it. Yeah. I said, but I but wrote it down. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not that I wrote it down. And it, that yeah. Is what a pharmacist right. is supposed to do. Mm. Oh, doctor, a I have seen, but I don't know how because he doesn't have a needle on. Uh, and uh, sorry, pharmacist, you are crap at your job <laughs> because you are no longer taking the time. Yeah. You think uh, what you've become is a glorified abacus where you literally count and you uh, give. Uh, and I'm sorry, I worked as a pharmacist for five years yeah. while I was studying. Yeah. And it was, we were taught, and you know, sorry, this was in the 90s. Yeah. We were taught that you explain to the patient. You Firstly, you know, mm. this medication needs to be taken on an empty stomach. This ne medication needs to be taken in that manner because this is the side effect. Mm. And you were expected to teach that to the patient. Yeah. Um, as a pharmacist, that's why they study pharmacology, but they're not using that skill. Or, or are they, are they, I mean, are we still having those that have studied pharmacology working? Yes. Now, are we not having 
No, there's pharmacist assistant. There's pharmacist assistant, but a pharmacist assistant cannot dispense medication. They do. He's allowed to put it, and then the pharmacist signs off, and you know. Yeah, but I don't that's think that's bad. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's make this. We yeah. we ask the question: How do we get you to be more compliant? How about we give you some tools? Mm. Okay, mm. tool number one: dun, 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 dun. understand. What your disease is by asking questions. What is this? What caused it? What can I expect? What will happen if I don't treat this? Can I ask the questions. Besides asking your, your doctor, I know we don't want people to go to Google because there's a plethora of nonsense information, but there are also some good sites there. What do Absolutely. you recommend then? If people are going to say, okay, I want to learn more about my condition, which are the sites that you would recommend people at least go to? I know Medscape, there's a, there's a version for doctors and there's like just a blog See, type the, version, the but the do problem, you think that would be a good... Stace, Yes and no. It, mm. Again, you yes need and to no. See it in context, it is because yeah. um, the uh, the majority, ninety nine percent of the population, will read an article mm. that was written with bias, mm. or now they go and read a study and they do not know how to interpret, interpret the studies. study uh, correctly. I, I I find it sometimes difficult. To interpret studies mm. There are statistics that you need to understand P-values, N-values Blah, 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 blah mm. Cohort studies, consensus studies White papers um, You know, so a pharmaceutical company Can write uh, um, uh, An article or a study Or a clinic Will write something that they do um, And you come across that And how do you interpret it Because part of my model is When you come in I explain what's going on in your gut And then I say go and read This, this and this They get just two articles Because I know that it's a lot of information And throughout the process of seeing me Read and reread those articles Um, They're not short articles So it will take them some time But And I know you do a lot of Re-education with each consultation Absolutely So that's again unique Not everyone is If, if Well I, do, I think the problem is not everyone has the time We make the time yeah, But for okay. that time you. you know what we also We ask, need to think uh, of some resources to share with people Like Okay. Yeah, well, maybe take, a look on our, yeah, take a look yeah, yeah, on we'll the website. Of, you know, it's, yes, this, it's a website. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go yeah. to the T Clinic website. You know, it, um, we will publish some things for you, or we'll mm. put it on our Facebook pages. Mm. Okay, okay. Two. Yes. Two. Mm-hmm. Talk about the side effects. Yes. Okay. Understand the possible side effects. What is it that I look out for? Do not go and read the packets insert because <laughs> be you will check. get every single side effect there. <laughs> I remember when we were studying Mets and Elise, I don't know whether you guys did it as well, but every time we learned something about something, we all got it. Yeah. You know, there were so many times that I had, I had brain cancer. Um, you know what? Because I, I had a, a headache about behind my left eyeball uh, you know it while my left testicle was slightly inflamed also you know it, went, uh, it was this like those kind American of cancer. TV ads have you seen them 
take this tablet for your acne and you'll have amazing skin. May cause anal bleeding. And they speak at like a speed of like zero to five thousand. And you're like, wait, hold on. Like, I don't want anal bleeding just to have beautiful skin. As long as it's not choking, it's fine. Or being choked I don't know We still need to find out when Sapi- If she is the choker Or the chokey Okay So Number three yes. Collaborate with your doctor yes. In this yes. decision making process yes. So guys Take responsibility yeah. Understand first If if to, This is the only things That I can think about Um when when it comes to improving your compliance mm. as a patient mm. um, Understand what it is that you are dealing with Only when you understand what it is um, And this is ask your doctor to explain mm. Read some mm. on that Understand it because only then can you control it Yeah. Number two Understand the side effects of a medication Certain medications Have worse side effects Than benefits Ask why it's prescribed Mm. Number three Write down the things That your doctor tell you Go there, make little notes Mm. Especially for our elder people Mm. Especially for people Who are a little bit disabled Especially for mums with children One is screaming around The other one is sick Write down what the doctor said to you Again Be involved in the decision making process So Speak to your doctor About you know what? What is the financial implication of this treatment yes. on me? Yeah. Um, is there maybe an alternative? Yeah. Is there maybe a generic? Mm. Um, let's let's assess health literacy, doctor. I don't understand what you're telling me. Mm. Um, thank you for taking the time, mm. but explain to me in terms okay. that yes. I understand. Yes. Yeah. You mm. know, in my practice, Elise, uh, we always use analogies. Yes. We talk mm. about baking a cake. Mm. Um, you know, we talk about racing cars. Yeah. Um, so that it makes sense. Yes. It makes yeah. sense to you. Mm. Um, if it doesn't make sense. Don't move. Don't get up. Mm. Um, you're paying for the time. Mm. Understand what's happening. Ask your doctor if he's prescribed you something three times a day. Is there an alternative that makes it easier to fit into my lifestyle? Maybe twice a day. Um, uh, once a day medications. We are getting there. I just had a, a, like a picture of all these patients phoning us because their doctors are pissed off about all the questions that Mark told them to ask. Oh, <laughs> suck it up, cupcake. Um, you know, you know what? If I, mean? I can do this when to did my you get patients. So feisty as a patient. <laughs> Oh, you know uh, so <laughs> the problem is that medical practitioners no, underestimate underestimate v- have the severity yep. of non-compliance. Compliance, yep. And the problem then is they, we as practitioners get angry at our patients when they don't follow our. Mm. Uh, I get pissed off. So I tell do you I. straight. No, so do I. Um, you know what? I told you. Mm. Why the hell are you here yeah. if you're not going to do what I'm telling you to? Yeah. Then you know what? You're wasting my time, then yeah. I can help someone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what? They're not compliant because they don't understand. Mm. So I need to take the time mm. 
to make that happen. And I want to add to that, it worsens their health issue, and in the end, it four times um, exacerbate the the cost the, yeah, cost, cost, of, cost yeah. implication. Yeah, and you know what? It creates other comorbidities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Patients, follow up with your doctor. Mm. Um, you know what? Whether it's with a phone call, just follow up. Keep your follow-up appointments. Ask your pharmacist to explain to you when you get the medication. Yes. Explain to me how I should take this. If a pharmacist can't, ask him to get someone that can. Mm. There should be Somebody a chief that, pharmacist yeah. or a pharmacist in charge that would be able to do this. Mm. Sorry for the rest of the queue. Wait, mm. I need to understand how to do this. Mm. And then I hate this one. <sighs> Use technology. <laughs> Why do you hate it? Because I don't understand technology. <laughs> Make it a sense. Make it a sense. So, um, Set, Set a reminder on your phone. Yes. You can use post-it notes if you must. <laughs> Do you know that you get pull boxes that have Bluetooth capability? Yes. Oh, no, but I know like, they have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now you have pull, pull boxes that tells not only the prescriber, <laughs> but the dispenser really? and you whether you've taken your medication or oh not. Oh my gosh, the level of intrusion. <laughs> so, you know what? Use like this. And I think this is something that the majority of us good, are yeah. too afraid to do, and that's ask for help. Yes. Yeah. You know what? When you're sick, yeah. your pride should stand behind you, not in front of mm. you. Ask for help. Mm. Okay. Um, I think. For me, nice this job. was going to be yes, a very, very difficult good, conversation. conversation. I actually think, I hope that we brought across information to help you as a patient mm. manage your compliance and become adherent to treatment. Mm. Um, again, I'm going to ask that if you have any questions, email us. Or even testimonies, um, maybe of where you've had good um, consultation and therefore compliance or those where you've struggled so that we can also mine out that information and see if yeah. it's, yeah. So I, I see Dante sent through a lot of messages. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. The the number again um oh I forgot it. Um <laughs> don't laugh guys. He just said he hates technology. I love it. <laughs> because I could see him trying to find so, where he was. The number to to get hold of us on, on our WhatsApp number is zero six four two one two eight seven zero one. You can get hold of us on the T Clinic. We have all on all the social media pages. Post your questions, post your interactions. Next week we will be back. And we're going to do something that we haven't done in all the time that we're on air, and that's explain exactly what it is that we do at the tea clinic ah, with our whole team. That's so, very cool. what is your journey? Why should you come? Etc. 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 I love that. Okay, it was a wonderful show, guys. Thank you very today, much, yeah. Stacey. Thank you. Thank um, you. Sister Thank Elise, you. as always, Simpiwe. Um, listen to this one. I think it's an important one, guys. And um, mm. become compliant. Mm. The T Health Show, medical lifestyle show.